Well, it's late. So you know what that means. <laughs> Another boozy episode of Who That Rises Up, Sports Talk with a Gay Twist. And of course, I'm Kenny Ray. I hear my good sis, Glenn. And yeah, we're glad to be back. I just want to know when is this not a boozy episode, bitch, late or not? I just want to know. Name okay, one so time boozy. when we are on time and not either boozy or late and not boozy. Well, okay, so when we're on time, it's like... So, it's a progression of boozy? Yes, it's a progression of boozy. So usually uh, what ends up happening... That's is fair I, enough. Yeah, when the episode starts out when we're on time, it's like, okay, you know, we've had a drink and whatnot, and as it progresses, it gets more and more boozy. But when we're yeah, late, well, yeah, that's fair enough. I can right. I can attest to that. So when we're late, it's like we're starting at the end of a regular show <laughs> where we already boozy and we just can go a okay. little That's fair enough. Okay, never you mind. See what I'm it's just- yeah, I got it. I thought, well, we're back. Um, <laughs> my bad. Well, shit, the girl, you know, we got to make coins on that. You know, I, I determined know. that. I've determined in this life, you know, the, the the people tell us we only get one life from what we understand. And I, you know, I got to make coins. I have a problem. I spend every dollar I got. I do. I just don't like prosperity. So I got to go to work. Um, you, can't take it. you can't take it with you. No, good bitch. I, let me tell you, honey. I, I my, my husband said the best, honey. He said, babe, he said, he said, do you have to buy it? If I have instant gratification issues, if I see it, I need to have it. Because <laughs> my luck, my luck is that it won't be that when a bitch go back to buy it ten minutes later. I have that kind of bad luck when it comes to shopping. Um, anyhow, we are back. We have returned. We're so glad to be back because I got some shit to talk about. Uh, to talk about Brady Gate <laughs> is on a on a good rise, honey. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna start there. I'm just let's, gonna start there. Let's go ahead and start with Brady Gate. You know we got to. So. As we all know, Giselle Bunch and Tom Brady are a d- dissolution. You know, let me use the white people word, a dissolution of marriage. <laughs> <laughs> they call it in the PC world a dissolution. I call it bitch pack of shit. Um, <laughs> of marriage, what they've called irreconcilable difference. You know what I don't understand, Kenny? When folks go to, when they go to divorce and this shit, they use the two words, irreconcilable differences. What the fuck was irreconcilable? Motherfucker, you didn't want to retire. That's not irreconcilable. That's I don't want to be here no more. <laughs> and she don't want you to be there no more. <laughs> right. <laughs> we ain't trying to reconcile. It's not irreconcilable. I, we ain't got no difference of opinion. Well, you made your decision. I made mine. Peace out. Right. So said, that's what she said. Fuck them kids. And she said, get the fuck out. There we right. go. <laughs> but the white people that were irreconcilable differences. Okay. Anyhow, <laughs> she gave him one last ultimatum to try to make it work last week. Wait, I'm sorry. Like last week. And she said that after the game against the Carolina Panthers, that she wanted him to retire immediately. Uh, and he told her, as we all see, no. <laughs> And as you all see what has now happened, Zell Bunchen is now living in the great state of Florida, but in Miami. She's no longer in Tampa. Um, <laughs> that child he shares with Bridget Mohannon is with Bridget, and the mother two are somewhere off yonder. I have no idea. Um, but <laughs> what I do want to talk about, as I sit my truly, um, <laughs> Is this what she has asked for? Yet again, she states that she wants... Now she's added the house in Boston and the house in California. Now, now let me just make clear for the listeners. 
this is not him like making shit up. These are the actual documents. Yeah, they, I'm reading this from the local from the local thing that they posted, honey. She wants the house in Boston and the house in California. She does not <laughs> want the house they have in Tampa. She does, and she wants the one in Miami. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, drops Mike, walks out. <laughs> Love and need and don't want you. Oh God! I don't know what else to say. And but wait, I quote, and then, so when they lost, because they announced it after he lost <clears throat> last week, last Thursday. Remember, they announced it Friday after he mm-hmm. lost to the Baltimore Ravens, and everyone was like, "Oh, because he probably knew what was coming because he stared. He was in his locker room for about an hour after the game ended, staring at his locker, trying to figure out where it all went wrong." If like I know where it went wrong. That jersey you win, you should have been wearing flip flops and a fucking t shirt, taking a little Mikey to the baseball game. That's the fuck you should have been doing. <laughs> you should have been in carpool. That's what you should have been. You should have been at the carpool line. <laughs> no, not you. You want to be out here with these lowly ass bucks running around here trying to win the Super Bowl because you Tom Brady the GOAT. Okay. Well, you Tom Brady the divorcee now. <laughs> Just saying, about to be broke. <laughs> Because your wife is coming for you. Oh, Lord. Uh, my uncle used to always say it's cheaper to keep her. 270000 a month in alimony, 250000 a month in child support. Houston, we got a fucking problem. Houston, we got a problem. That's not amongst the other shit she's going to ask for. I'm sure coming up sooner or later. But here's the kicker. Here, ladies and gentlemen, I want to share something with you that I looked up. Giselle Bunchen, uh is worth $222 million more than her husband. Mm-mm. $222 million more than her husband. Y'all welcome. Let, <laughs> well, I mean, let, like, I mean, and she gonna get it too because she stopped working to support him and him kids. Them kids. Mm-hmm. And that's the that's probably gonna be the basis of what she asking for. Well, but, she gonna get it off rip because the babies are under the age of eighteen. Now, is is she keeping the but the babies that don't belong to her? Well, she's on. So he has three kids total. One belongs to Bridget. Um, that's between okay. him and Bridget. That's between him and Bridget. But according to child support to him, to that one's only one hundred and twenty thousand dollars a month. I, now, listen, I don't have children. Never plan to. Ain't trying. But bitch, one hundred and twenty thousand dollars a month for my child, just for the child. I mean, if I knew that was coming, I, I could be talked into doing it. Yeah, here, drop the little motherfucker off. Right, one hundred twenty thousand dollars. I mean, a, a month. I can definitely afford a nanny to make to take that baby when I get like you know tired or want to go. I only want to see it on Tuesdays and Thursdays. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to see that baby on Tuesdays and Thursdays. You get one hour a day. <laughs> I'll pass by, read your bedtime story. We'll sing little, this little light of mine and keep it the fuck moving. I don't have the energy. <laughs> I'm telling you, what Giselle's going to do. Listen, I, could t- I could be talked to in- into it for that, though. And then she's going to pull Angela and Jolie, and when the baby go to college, they're going to show up together and pull it out the car, and everybody wave and scream. Hey, how y'all doing? <laughs> That's nice. <laughs> and she's going to get back in the car and go home. So, right. But here's my, th- here's my thing. What at this point, and I get her, like I said, I've always been Team Giselle when I said at this moment because 
she's right. You have to start thinking about the longer game of this. You're 43 years old, 43, 44? 45. 45. 45. You motherfucking 45. You you ain't no spring chicken. You're kind of just chicken. You're running here like you got sprockets and shit falling out your ass. You can't really it, do it, what you're looking do. more and more like chicken these days, too. I've right. seen you see them, uh, them press conferences. Right, he's looking like that that going to the grocery store with no shirt on kind of dude. I, that's right. all I see. He's been looking real haggard. You know, I've, I've said that a couple times, like last couple episodes, but it's not getting any better. Right, and actually, <laughs> like I said, that one drive he had with against the Baltimore Ravens, and it looked like them. But other than that, they wore y'all ass out. And the Baltimore Ravens ain't no good fucking team. Let's, I'm being honest. But neither are the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But what I'm saying is, all she wanted you to do, y'all had an agreement. You retire, i.e. last year, you done did it all. You done won Super Bowls. You were a first ballot home of Hall of Famer. You gonna get checks. You gonna get all the money you need. You, you just signed a little contract to be on TV. She allowed that to happen. That means you're just gonna go to look, you're gonna sit in a little booth, make you a little $10 million a year, and you're gonna go to fuck home. That still allows you to be throughout the week, you still to be somebody's daddy. But what that did not allow, like I said, is concussions and things of that. So I get her. You need to be the fuck at home. No, not you, because you want to be the one that says, I want to play till I'm 50. Well, guess what, bitch? You ain't going to be able to do that. I completely know. I completely understand where she's coming from. Because on on top of that, I mean, you know, he's renowned for his worth ethic and all the effort he puts he puts into being, you know, Tom Brady on the field. And as some, maybe she even said it in, the, in that in that Time versus Tom documentary that they did. Right. She even said it. She said Tom loves football more than me, and that always piqued my interest because you know everybody laughed about it and all the pundits were like ha ha ha, and that's why he's so great. But I'm like, y'all y'all know that bitch wasn't kidding, right? Like y'all think, <laughs> y'all think that like I I never that never struck me as she thinks it's a good thing. I think that she's just sacrificing because she loved him. And at some point, worth. right. And at some point she was expecting him to sacrifice for her. And he clearly is unwilling to do do that. So and you see what she said. She said, Well, children, I've had enough. This is it, and that is all. From me my check. And <laughs> I'll send Maria to drop off the babies on Friday. I'm not okay. coming over. Don't ask me. Okay. <laughs> there will be no more Christmas photos. There will be no more Christmas cards. There will be none of that. You don't need to talk to me. You don't need to send me no text messages. Kids got phones. Text them. <laughs> but if I was her, I swear to you. And just so you know, and just so you know. <laughs> You will never find another bitch like me. Right. Good time, Giselle Bunchen. Good time, Giselle Bunchen. That is all. Don't. And if I was the, if I was the kid, if I was Giselle, when the kid's daddy said, "Don't tell me nothing about your fuck, what your fucking daddy said." He picking you up on Friday. That's all I need to know. Yeah, right. <laughs> nothing, about, nothing about what your daddy said. Tell your dad make sure he on Friday. Make sure, or better yet, make sure he pick you up from school on Fridays, or better pick you up from your pick you up from Brady's house down the street. Okay. Don't, don't, don't none of that other shit. So, um, <clears throat> with that being said, I'm moving to baby daddies of the week. Uh, Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. I I do want to pose a question to you, Kenny, and I think we talked about this before, but after uh-huh. last week's debacle, because both of them look lost. Do you think their seasons are over? Um. Even though we know they're Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, you can never count them out. 
But after watching them over the course of, let's say, the last two weeks, because Aaron Rodgers, we said it got shellacked in Buffalo. Okay, so it's this is kind of a nuanced answer, but okay. I'll start with the Bucks. The answer for them is absolutely yes. Um, as far as Green Bay, I do see a slither of light for them, and the reason why I say that is because they've got young receivers that need to develop. And so I, I still think there's a chance that we could see them improve in the second half of the season, which is pretty par for the course for them because we see them do that quite often. Um, they've still got some injuries on their offensive line, so if that improves, that will help. You know, they're, they're supposed to get uh, two or three of those guys back at some point. Um, so... I think Green Bay looks like a, 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 a in a better position than Tampa right now. But as far as this season goes, Tampa, yes, I think it's done for them. Even with Green Bay, I would be looking for them to be better next season. But I don't think I do think they will. I think there'll be a nine and eight team this year. I think that's just what they are. Um, not thirteen. We know not thirteen games. No, I don't think they're going to win ten plus games. I think they're a nine and eight team. Um, Tampa, I, I I think they're done. I I don't think that that, that well, Tom Brady has that. There's a game of the week, and of course they take on the Rams, and we'll talk about that later. But yes, I I don't see it. I I just don't see it. Um, where was I? Next up, and I think we all got this alert today, and I'm gonna talk about it because it is of the black and gold. It is time, and I. And Kenny, you may have seen it. Michael Thomas is out again. Mm-hmm. In the words of my famous Whitley Gilbert from a different world, relax, relate, release. Release being the word that I'm going to use. It is time for Michael Thomas to leave New Orleans. I Okay. It is a consensus. If you it, it is a consensus in New Orleans across the board. Like even when my daddy's a diehard Saints fan, he the first thing out of his mouth was, I sent him a screenshot today, and he goes, F Michael Thomas. Ooh. Michael Thomas <laughs> has played three games in two years. We gave him this huge contract, and he has done absolutely nothing. Well, he can't stay healthy. And, you know, I mean, that's, that's not but his problem. That's I, I get, like, we've given you two years to do so. Like, you didn't play last year. You barely played the year before that, and you came back for three games this year. Well, I mean, you kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place right there on that one because the problem is, for that reason, there's not really much of a market out there for him. No, because they're bigger and better than doing what he do. Right. And it's probably something that they, they should have done once they realized that they were stuck with Jameis Winston for the season because I mean, your season was doomed before it started because of that. So well, that would have been recently. Bitch. Don't come down. Calm down. We've been him recently. Okay. It's <laughs> <laughs> your tone. We've been him for the red rifle. We'll get into that later. Carry uh, on. Okay. Okay. All right. So you went to you you went from wildly inconsistent with bad judgment to horribly mediocre and basic. 
congratulations. Don't get cute, though, because your team is full and full and for the first time in first place in eight years. Calm down. Okay, um, but first of all, like, who the fuck is getting excited about being in first place because you're four and four? I mean, I'm not. I just was letting you know. <laughs> right. Right. I'm not expecting a lot out of the NFC South. They heard me. Like, exactly. The second you saw what happened last weekend, the second I said, ask the, 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 just the one maybe question, might they be good? And they go and get shellacked by the Bengals. So, but yeah. to be fair, they won the game they were supposed to win. And he got a win against the Panthers last weekend. So I'll take it. That took um, forever because they were supposed, they had many opportunities to lose that game. Of course, like it's the Falcons. Falcons will Falcon. That's what they do. So, um, but they do take on the Bengals this week. I'll just put it like this: the Falcons are overachieving. Are the Saints? Uh, mm, I'm that not. Was sure. That was a completely petty question. I know what the answer. I know is. you raggedy bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't need an answer. That was just me being petty. Raggedy bitch. <laughs> um, <laughs> Right. But the NFC South is still wide open just because it's mediocre. Um, so I had mentioned earlier that I wasn't able to pull out fan questions, but I was able to get two, and I'm pulling one now because okay. we were going to talk about the World Series. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, and just so that we all know, the Houston Astros have defeated the Philadelphia Phillies, and they're one game from a World Series title. Oh, they went tonight. I was I was just looking at that, and it was a top of the ninth. Um so they they close it out three to two. Yeah, three to two, and they go back to Houston. And what I what I don't think, and while we're on the topic, what I don't think Philly wanted to do was go back to Houston. No, well, I mean they didn't have a choice; they were going to go back, but it's better to go back with the lead. Exactly. Um, but I have a question from Marcus. Marcus is from Austin, Texas. Marcus has a question for us. How do what do we think the league's problem is with Dusty Baker being the only black black? Pl- coach player because Dusty Baker did play in the World Series. There he's the only first one in history. This first World Series in history to he's the only black player coach. What do we think the league is missing? Um are we talking about a diversity thing? Is that I, I mean in a sense I kind of when I read the question I think what because we all know that a lot of players like Ronald Acuna, Ozzy Albies, uh Francisco Lindor, they are of Spanish descent. They are, they, you can consider them black, but not African American. They're Afro Latina. Um, right. They're not African American or, you know, just black, you know. So, but Dusty Baker is born in, born, Dusty Baker was born in Columbia, Mississippi. Mm-hmm. But, well, okay. So, to answer, to answer the question, I actually read an article um, somewhat on this subject the other day. Um, and they were talking about uh, MLB's efforts to do more outreach to bring underrepresented communities back to baseball in this country. And what what you see is a product of kids specializing in sports at such an early age now. And it's just different than when old bitches like me were kids when we all would just play baseball at the local park and, you know, we would just go and play baseball. We played multiple sports and every summer we all played baseball and that was, you know, it. And we go to school. Now when these kids commit to baseball, they commit to baseball. And so they're getting personal coaches. They're on traveling teams. 
then they play at school, then they play at fall ball, then they're on another traveling team, then there's clinics and there's, you know, camps and blah, blah, blah. It's became extremely expensive. So to answer the question, it's a socioeconomic problem um, on top of the fact that there has never been a pipeline feeding, um, you know, uh, people of color into those positions of of coaching and executives and whatnot. And and to the credit, all these leagues are, are, are aware of it and seem to be trying to take proactive steps towards trying to remedy the issue. But that is it. It's because it's an expensive, such an expensive sport to play in now and be successful because it's become such a cottage industry of sorts. I mean, I just said, like, I, I just, I mean, my, uh, I have a good friend of mine. He's just telling me about all the things that they go through with their daughter who plays softball. And it's like every weekend throughout the They're year, never they, 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 it never stops. Like they're always, she's always on some traveling team. They're always going somewhere. They're all, and I was like, yeah, we just, we, we just go to Garden Aggression Park and play in the summertime. And that was it. Like, and that was like, became a star. I mean, yeah. I think that to add on to what you were saying, though, it's I don't want to sound off, but it's in my in, in hindsight is 2020. When we see the and I hate to say it this way, African-American kids, especially girl, boys and girls, boys, mostly they draw themselves to one sport, two sports, in a sense, basketball and football. Um. And of course, the the ends around it when you normally get a tennis star or or a baseball star, they're like, huh. But that that effort that goes into that, because as you see again, I I know many parents uh, on that their kids right now play little league baseball, and I every weekend it is a nonstop practice here. We got to go to this tournament. We got to go to this, and you would think at some point these kids get a rest. I've also seen that point two three percent. Of, a, of average children that go to play out baseball don't make it to the league. Well, yeah, I mean, that's what most, like, you know. It is. But if you, if you put that into where, oh, black kids go in to do it. So it's, 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 it's a rarity, I, I see. But this is the first World Series where we've not had a black player in the league. <clears throat> during their thing. Uh, and it's shocking that Houston doesn't have one or Phillies, but they all have Afro-Latinas, which is great. I, I, I am bored here all day long. Well, you know, um, especially in the islands and in, in, in Central America. That's what they do. They love baseball. Like, baseball is, is, is number one to them. Maybe, I mean, I guess, you know, soccer and, and I don't know how... I've never seen soccer as 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 popular with folks I know from the islands, but they love baseball. Um, and I just, you know, it's just the, the the '90s era that I grew up in. I remember we all loved baseball, but again, it was a different time because kids like I played multiple sports. Like that's just what we did. Kids don't do that anymore. Mm -hmm. that's not a thing they don't like they commit and they commit hard and you know that i i think that that has a, has, has something to do with it and just like you know 
let's just just be honest. Like, you know, there's always a systemic racism issue that is obvious. Um, And, you know, I just, you know, just, that's just, that's, I mean, that's just what, like, you know, with with these uh, Afro-Latina players in those countries, because baseball is so popular, they get their best athletes. Absolutely. You know, like the, the best and most athletic kids tend to go to baseball. Whereas here in the States, that's not always the case. That's why there's, you know, when a, when a, when a player like Aaron judge, for example, who is like six, seven, you know, big guy could be like a tight end in the NFL or something like that. He's a rarity. And he's like, you know, turning heads and breaking records. But it's like, how many guys like his size play in the NFL and NBA? Uh, he's not even big by those standards. By those standards, absolutely. Right. Those players, those bet the best athletes tend to tend to lean towards those two sports. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, and it's like because, for example, I mean, of course, like basketball is. And these days, football is too, because now I mean, like you know, they they don't really they have the seven on sevens, and and you know, because they're trying to they're trying to limit tackling and contact football youth now. So it's not expensive to put your kid in football and basketball like it is to put your kid in baseball these days, and I think that has mm-hmm. a really thing to do with it. All right, Marcus, you got it. You heard it first. Um, oh, shucky, ducky, quack, quack. It is time. It is time. It is time. Baby, listen, it is time for that segment of, oh, she did that. Oh, she did it. She did it. She did that. Baby, this week gave us nothing, nothing less of what we expect every weekend in football. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> that is, it is a... Hmm. Weeks, what week are we in in football? I think we're in week, let me just get to it. Weeks, this is week eight, right? Uh, I think we just finished, we're not week nine. Last week was week eight. Okay, yeah, week nine, that's what I thought. Yeah, we're week nine. Uh, No big real changes in trade deadline. There's not a lot to jump up and down about. It wasn't a lot of movement as we thought it would be. Um, I tend to disagree. I mean, Bradley to the Dolphins. This was the most like this was the most active like free agent <clears throat> like on the last day free agent free agent um you know acquisitions and movement in NFL history it was a lot there were no like huge names to sit per se I mean there was a lot but, of movement but huge names is what I meant okay um I do think that the uh what's the name Chase Claypool to Chicago was a good one I yes why. Green Bay did not go after him, but whatever. They didn't even go after Brandon Cooks. They called, but they didn't go after. They didn't do shit. Which, which is thing you mean? And that's why you know the Packer fans are are calling for the head of their GM right now. Like he is not. Mm. So let's just get right into it because I I want to go over a few things. The first we discussed it: Are the Bucks done? And that answer is simply yes. Mm-hmm. Um, just looking at it, the next game they take on the Rams. I, I mean, <laughs> we're looking at that game, which we thought would be a a good rematch of last year when the Rams sent the Buccaneers to the house. Um, 
it, it looks like it might be a brainwash just because both of them are just stagnant at this point. Um, yeah, it doesn't seem like it's going to be. Uh, it's not. It's not exciting like you thought it would be if this happened, like you know, eight weeks ago, seven right. weeks ago, right. Um, and the week after that, they take on the Seahawks, which Geno Smith and company are looking good. So, I mean, listen, Tom Brady, if I was you, I'd have got out when the get out was good. It's uh, going to be a very difficult <clears throat> well, – it's funny because, you know, like, I mean, Tom Brady, he was known for years for putting the team on his back and willing them to win. Like, that was his his thing. But now – because he's 45, he needs help. And it doesn't look like it's coming from Tampa Bay. And the biggest thing is the fact that, you know, he moves like molasses rolling down like a pancake. And so his offensive line is is, is god-awful. Like, <laughs> I mean, Pam's god-awful. He's god-awful. And that is everybody knows that's been the kryptonite to beating Tom Brady is moving him out this spot. That's how it's always been. So what do you, like, this, I don't know. It's just like I don't really see a remedy to any of it. He doesn't have that, uh, that dominant um, defensive front seven and defensive line that he had in the Super Bowl win because I was the first one to point out, I was like, Tom Brady didn't win that. I mean, he didn't win that game for them. Of course, he played good. But that was a dominant uh, defensive performance that kept Pat Mahomes on the run the entire game. Like, that's what happened. And he doesn't have that this year. Um, so, yeah, I just, you know, I just don't see it. I just don't. Um, adding to which, I mean, let's just talk about it. The Rams are not looking like Super Bowl champions at all. And we talked about this before with the locks of, with excuse me, with the likes of losing the likes of Von Miller. Um, there's no Odell Cam Akers isn't the same Cam Cam Akers they had last year, um, but I feel like there's something that tackle, off. That tackle too. That was a big Adam Whitworth. Adam Whitworth. That, that was a big loss for them too. He's I just think on that Thursday goes, night football, goes, talking about football. Yeah, I think that goes underreported. Like that was a big. I mean, he's a Hall of Famer, like left tackle. I think that really goes under underappreciated as well. Yeah, they're just not. They're just not the same team. They don't have the weapons. They don't have a person to take the top off the defense. Um, like you said, Cam Akers is not the same, but I also think it's just because he's not getting a push up front like he did before. Um, and there's still a big question on, what, on, on whether, you know, the health of um, – see, this is what happens when I get drunk. Um, <laughs> No, there's still questions about the health of Matt Stafford that I think that they're just not really talking about. Something Um, is off with Matt. That elbow that's been bothering him, I think there's more to it. Mm -hmm. I'm convinced that there's more to it. So, I'm just, I'm hoping that the Rams can pull it off, though. Um... You know, I really don't care. <laughs> I don't. I just don't like Tom Brady in the Bucks, to be honest. Oh no! As far as that goes, I mean, like, I don't. Nobody is. Nobody is expecting much from him anymore. Like, it's it's. You know, I think that it would be it would be 
a story for decades if they were to turn this thing around and make themselves relevant again, but nobody believes in it. Listen, I, I, I'm, I'm, listen, I will tune in that Sunday at 3.30 just to be nosy. Um, whoa, but I'm going to skip because we've talked about the Packers, but I'm going to skip over because I want your thoughts on the benching of Matt Ryan in Indianapolis. <laughs> Come on, talk to me, sis. Come talk to me. <laughs> Matt Ryan. <clears throat> okay. So, imagine the most uninteresting room that you can think of. It's like empty with one window and it's planted eggshell and it has a sandwich sitting on a white plate in the middle with two slices of white Wonder Bread in the middle of another slice of white Wonder Bread. And it's called the realm of mediocrity and uninterestingness and basic. Two people that will be invited first is Andy Dalton. The second will be Matt Ryan. Go to hell, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) You're talking about the red rifle like that right now. He is uninteresting. He has always been a B, B plus maybe at his prime quarterback. He's never had arm strength. He's never been been particularly mobile. The only thing that I could give him credit for was that he that he did have some poise in the pocket when he was protected when he made a run under guess what Kyle Shanahan's system. Who I think that was more of coaching and 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 systems than it was Matt Ryan. And then he fucked mm-hmm. around and didn't listen to the likes of me and and paid him all that money. And I knew I begged. Just I, so you could have been in the front office girl. I wrote letters. I sent emails. Please do not pay this man great money for a decent quarterback and they did it anyway and when they did that they saddled themselves with that salary cap hit every year and they've never been the same since and that's the reason and I think everybody is seeing what I've been saying and the rest of us uh, Falcons fans who actually pay attention have been saying for years Matt Ryan ain't shit and you can tell them I said it just so the boys gaze and all things in between. You can tell, tell, tell him, his kids, his wife, his mama, all of them I said, Matt Ryan ain't shit. <laughs> <laughs> he, he got the nerve to put, put like when the Braves won the World Series, like he got the nerve to sit up here and send some pictures around talking about, you know, <laughs> child. <laughs> I put that in there purposely, y'all. I just want y'all to know. I'm gonna keep saying this so if y'all understand, bitches. I got did I knew what it would do. Um so I think it was Frank Wright was gasping at straws because the Colts went on and won the next game after they benched Matt Ryan. Usually happens there's a fire put into your team, and then all of a sudden y'all go back to mediocrity right after. Well, of course um, they were grasping for straws because the week the, the what last season they thought Carson West was gonna be the answer. And didn't he last but all the 12 games because he got injured? Like everybody else would knew. No, he didn't get injured. He just sucked. And like, <laughs> like <laughs> everybody knew that before he got there. And the same thing happened when they got my round. I was like, all right, good luck. 
Frank Wright is grasping at straws, honey. Think he was going to be able to because ever since, but you know what? The curse of Andrew Luck. Ever since Andrew Luck decided to retire, you know, hey Tom Brady, you should have took a book out of cart. And Andrew Luck, he said, "Fuck this, hitting this ground is hard." Uh, but it's, the Indianapolis has not been the same. I will say that they have definitely not been the same. Um, I will say the. As moving on in this and in this in this journey, let me just let's piggyback on what you let me just go back. Let me just go back. You know, she's trying No, because because Indianapolis, I'm not giving them no kind of credit because they had Andrew Luck and the reason why they retired because they refused to build a roster around him. Even when he was young and cheap as a rookie in his first couple of years before he they had to pay him. And he was running for his life the entire time and got a fucking ruptured spleen. <laughs> and he said, fuck this. Boy. Right. He said, fuck this. I'd rather go home, fuck my wife, have kids, and do his monthly book club. And go drive my kids around. Right. Which his book club is actually quite interesting. He's a weird, odd character, but he's interesting. You know, we all like weird. Yeah, he's weird. But so that's what I think. Now, we've all discussed the Falcons being in first place. I don't need to delve into that because Kenny doesn't think they'll remain there very long. No, they might, but it don't mean shit. Like, you know. I mean, <laughs> they're very futile in my opinion. You know, the Falcons don't do shit for me, but aggravate me. Okay. Um, so, yeah, they get into the playoffs and lose in the first round. Well, yeah. See, so, <laughs> so let's, let's do this. So this weekend in college football is a huge weekend. We all know the first weekend in November belongs to none other. None other, boys, gays, and all things in between, is the LSU Tigers versus the Alabama Crimson Tide. Yes, uh, Now, normally, I would talk shit. But <laughs> I'm not. Here's why. Here, I want to hear why, because I'm surprised. I feel as though this game can go either way on Sunday. And you know, because Saturday. I get, huh? Saturday, you know, Saturday, my bad. One, I had a shot of fireball. You calm down, whore. Um, <laughs> I feel I as though... I got, a, I got a new boy, but I, we'll talk about that later. Oh, girl. That's not about the hall in the world for that. <laughs> Alabama sits at number six. Alabama. LSU sits at number 10. We're coming to our own, but like I said, Alabama's always our kryptonite. That one year with Joe Burrow, we knew that that was special. That was special. Um, that was special. Who knows? Bryce Young is still a commodity, a hot commodity. Um, Alabama's defense is still up for its suspect. It's a B-plus at best. It's not an A. Um and our defense is damn not, it is not, it is a C minus if you, if you tried. Um, but if momentum swings their way, we can make something happen. Um, Kenny, what thoughts? So, yes. Um, the struggles that Alabama has had against, of course, obviously Tennessee in the loss last weekend. And um, the nail biter against Texas, they were penalized 15 plus times in both of those games, which is very, 
it's not something you'd expect for a Nick Saban coach team. And it's also not something that you can count on to continue to happen. Um, however, we just got back um, uh, one, you know, the, uh, our starting lineup, uh, um, our um, middle linebacker, Eli Ricks. Yes. But, yeah, I think if I think if you know if you continue like the, he came back against Mississippi State and immediately put an impact on that game. Like he broke up like four passes, and I think he only allowed like one completion or something like that. And that's huge. Um, so uh, I think if they play disciplined football and. You know, depend on Eli. Now, he's not a linebacker. He's, he's he's in secondary, but and to see how he you know he matches up against the talented receivers because I mean you know LSU has some talented receivers. I think Keishawn Boutte. Keishawn Boutte, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, and Malik Neighbors. Um, you know, I think that they, uh, you know, I think that they should have a strong showing as long as we just don't have the penalties issue. Um, that being said. I would feel more comfortable if the game was in Tuscaloosa, but playing LSU in Baton Rouge at night is always a struggle. <laughs> always. Um, but if they can, if the secondary can hold up with the addition of Eli Ricks, because that was a weakness in our defense going into Tennessee game, which I said, I told, uh, I forget the the listener's question from Alabama, but I told her like yeah, yeah. That I told her that was a very big fear of mine because Tennessee's strength is getting the ball down the field in big explosive plays, and our they did. and that, that's what I and our secondary is real suspect. Um, so it just depends on like is LSU going to try to do the same thing? It's not really what they're really known for. Um, but because if you saw Jay, the highlights when LSU took on Ole Miss, I will admit, in the beginning, I was nervous as hell. I was just like, "Oh, here we go! It's going. We're going to get our asses whipped because Lane Kiffin and them are running it like they do." And then all of a sudden, the shit flipped. Yeah, and I was like, "Oh, we were playing defense. We were a balanced team. We were doing offense. We were doing defense. We were doing special teams." I said, "Oh, okay." So and if Jay we Daniels, get more Jay back, Daniels we stand a chance. Jaden Daniels did not look bad against Florida and Ole Miss. No, he did. He did. He didn't look bad. Like he's actually done pretty good. He hasn't thrown any interceptions against either one of those teams. He's making um, as the season has gone on. I will say Jaden Daniels has made better decisions. And ever since that team meeting, where his receivers were like, "Dude, we, don't you?" Because he would always after after he would look at his first choice, and his first choice was not open. He would run the ball. Now, don't get me wrong; he's fast as fuck. But you still have two, two to three other options out there at all times. Mm-hmm. So that was their problem. So ever since he started doing better with that, I think you started seeing more of a better attack. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the rest of defense always gives you a better, a better opportunity. Yeah, so, no, I agree. I agree. I agree. So as, as much as I want to talk shit, I do think I'm excited for this game because I think this is the first time in a while like I said, Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow era when they played two, what, two years ago? Um, yeah. It was a special game because you knew that it, even though Alabama was, hev- was favorited, Joe Burrow was going out there and making shit happen. 
Uh, they were favorite going into that game. The Joe Burrow game? No, I don't think I don't think Alabama was favorite going into that game. I think that I think I remember talking about that. It was the first time Alabama wasn't favorite going into. Oh yes, it was. You're right. You're absolutely right. So yes, I think that that now this game, like I said, I I think I'm going in thinking. You know what? It's a good toss up. It's going to be a good toss up, and I'm excited to watch. I think it's a good toss up as well. Um, I just you know. I just don't bet against Nick Saban when it comes to LSU. No, because he's very, he's eleven. I think he's eleven and four since he's gotten to um, Alabama against LSU. <coughs> so, <coughs> excuse me. Um, no, I don't, and because he seems to have LSU's number. Oh, so should we like should we do like a like a small sure, wager? Sure, short? why not? Sure, why not? What do you think the listeners would like? Oh God. And also, uh, we have to also commit to posting some kind of uh, story or something. While right. We're I, or something so like here's what I will, because I did this. Remember, Kenny, I did this right before I moved to um, Florida. Moved back to New Orleans. Um, and I'll post that picture because I still have them. I still see them. Um, if Alabama beats LSU... For the SEC championship game, which is in Atlanta, Georgia, it's in January, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's in January. And because I, I got to go down there anyway. No, I, wait, I'm wrong. No, the bowl games start, remember, on, on New Year's Eve, right? I think, yeah. So, no, it's so in December. It's in, it's in December, yes. But here's what I will do. SEC championship game. If Alabama beats LSU, of course, I will probably be here because that's just how the shit happens in this life. I will make sure I wear because Alabama gear as I did from head to toe. Make okay. sure I post it and live video feed it. I will hate it drastically. You've done it before. I've done it. I've done it. Now, if LSU wins and makes it to the SEC championship game, Kenny has to do the same. Now, here's the question. Huh? What if because we're assuming, well, okay, let me let me think about this. Because we're both because oh Georgia and Tennessee are the favorites to make it. Let's just be realistic. Well, pretty much, I mean, whoever wins this game between Georgia and Tennessee, I'm sure we'll talk about that in a second. Um, will probably represent the SEC East. Correct. Um, as far as the SEC West goes, let me take a look at this because, I mean, I, is there? I don't know. If there's well, you know what? Let me see. Who does LSU have left after Alabama? I'm that right now, but yeah, right now. Yeah. Because that will, because you know, I know we have Texas A and M, and they've been they've kind of been kind of struggling. I, so after Alabama, I mean, we take on Arkansas on the twelfth. Well, and then, but you know, Arkansas wouldn't get in over y'all either. And then we play UAB, and then we play Texas A and M. So we have four Alabama, games. Yeah, because Arkansas already still had already has three losses, and um. 
Let's see, Texas Stadium. I think they have three, two, though. No, they got five. Shit. Yeah, so never mind. So, yeah, so if y'all beat if y'all beat Alabama this weekend, y'all will go. Assuming that you don't lose both games against Arkansas and Texas A&M, but I really would doubt that. Even though both right. of them are away. Both of them are in Fayette. What you play you play Arkansas and Fayetteville, you play Texas A&M College Station. Station. We yeah. play in College Station, absolutely. So yeah, so that's where we are where things could go horribly wrong. So, so that, I got that mean that you're committing to come to Atlanta for the SEC championship? If LSU makes it, absolutely. That's not the bet. If Alabama makes it? That's not the bet. That's in December, right? Hold on, let me see. Because we when still is the championship? I'm about to tell you. It's December 3rd. Oh. I can, yeah, I can do that. Because you know I'm supposed to be in New Orleans December 18th for that uh, Falcons and Saints game. Yes. SEC. Yeah. Well, let's look at tickets right now. Let's see. We don't have to go to. Oh, the we ain't getting tickets. We ain't getting tickets. We just going to tailgate. <laughs> yeah. like, bitch, get else. bitch, bitch! I ain't got four hundred dollars spending on tickets right now. Play no fucking game with you, stupid. <laughs> like I'm not going to that game. No, we'll go tailgate and find a bar. That's Which is nearby. <laughs> that is right. true. Okay. No, we'll, go, we'll go do that, but I ain't going to the game. Hell no. Okay. no. Yeah, I'll make it. I'll make a. I'll make a special trip for the weekend if if Alabama wins and well, if LSU wins too. So yeah, but so you just need to go ahead and game, be ready to bring your black ass up here on December third, right? But that game, whoever <laughs> wins this game has to wear, and it's gonna suck. But that and that it, person has to wear. So if Alabama's there, you have to. I have to wear Alabama gear. If LSU's there, you have to put on LSU gear. Deal, right? No, Fair that's enough. a deal. That's a deal. That's gonna and that's gonna hurt because I ain't never put on LSU gear. I know. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make you eat it every drop. <laughs> oh, every Lord. drop. So that I'm is. So, I, yes, I know. I'm aware. Um, I don't know y'all little chance and shit though. So don't you worry about. It. You gonna have enough purple and gold. To make you gonna be sick. <laughs> See that hat and that shirt. You gonna probably vomit. Um, <laughs> Like I almost did. Um, anyway, let's really quickly discuss the the first rankings of the college football playoffs top four came out, um, mm-hmm. and those top four yeah, top four are as follows. Let's see who agrees. And um, I mean, at this moment, I was a little shocked and surprised uh, for a minute, but then I kind of went over it and I was like, oh, okay. Um, of course, number one is Tennessee. Um, number two, Ohio State. Number three, Georgia. And number four, Clemson. I'm going to say I was a little shocked that Alabama was not in it, considering their only loss was to the number one team in the country. Um, and number two, I will agree to the rest of it. Tennessee deserves to be in that spot. They, I've watched them play over the season. I do think that they deserve to be in it. I'm not sure if Ohio State technically deserves to be in number two. As I said, again, Alabama's only lost one game. And that was to the number one team in the country. Well, well, first I will say that the committee tends to place teams sometimes when they know it will work itself out. And so knowing that Georgia and Tennessee will be playing, and they also know that there will likely be some kind of rematch between those three teams in the SEC championship, it'll take care of themselves. Caveat being the situation of if 
Georgia beats Tennessee and then Alabama beats Georgia in the SEC championship, then you have them all sitting at one loss teams and likely all three would get put in. And of course that will make college football fans that are not SEC fans <laughs> scratch their eyes out. <laughs> it would make them scratch their eyes out. And it's not, it's, I mean, it's, it's a possibility, you know, um, but to get back to the rankings, um, I, I don't, I'm not as big. I believe, I actually believe more in the eight, AP top 25, to be honest with you. That's Which is Georgia, Tennessee, Ohio State, Michigan. That's how I would put it. Because Tennessee, yes, they've got this high-flying office. And, of course, you know, they've got the best win in the country so far when they knock off Alabama. Mm-hmm. And everybody gets mesmerized because of this uh, hooker holding. They've got this, this, this Heisman candidate, and he'll probably win. Um, but nobody is noticing that their defense is not very good. Like they, they, by no means are they going to stop anybody. And again, it has to be pointed out that they were helped a lot by Alabama penalties. Um, so to be frank with you, I don't expect them to beat Georgia this weekend. Caveat being. If Georgia listens to me and Kirby Smart is, you know, it's it's not just in his name. He's a smart coach. If he doesn't rely too much on his defense, they just need to run the ball effectively against Tennessee, and they can't. Because Tennessee does not have a dominant front seven. Keep Tennessee's offense off the field. That's the key to winning that game, and I think they will. I know everybody, like I spoke to a homegirl at the gym today and she's a Georgia fan. She's like, oh, we got to get our ass up. I was like, no, I don't think so. Like, I think, I think Georgia's going to win this game. One thinks with the advantage being Georgia, absolutely. Yeah, I don't think Georgia's – I think Georgia's going to win this game this weekend. That That's what I'm expecting to happen. Um, but, yeah, if, if I was choosing the rankings, I would put Georgia number one, Tennessee number two, Ohio State at, at, at three and Michigan at, at, at four. I, I am not a believer in Clemson this year. No, I'm Plus, not. I don't know why we, they always, were yeah. we always have to remember, again, they're playing in the ACC. And what their biggest win this year is against North Carolina, North Carolina State. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I don't even see them be a challenge because what they got an uh, unbreaked Notre Dame this weekend. They go to Louisville, Miami, and South Carolina, all of which are all unranked. So, I don't know. I just don't see why they are at number four other than name recognition and branding. Um, I know it's going to be a bunch of pissed-off TCU fans. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> number seven, and uh, they're both seven in both polls. Mm-hmm. Both but no, I, no, I'm I'm looking for. There's going to be a lot of chaos. Yeah, this is just it's, as we all like I said earlier. This is just the first week it came out, so this is where we sit. Well, here here's the reason why I say that. Left. Huh? Here's, here's the reason why I say that, and I know like because we're getting like deep into it right now. But you know, we both love college football. Yes. Here's the reason why I say that. 
so let's just let's just say Ohio State and Michigan have to play at some point. Um, depending on who wins that game, of course, Ohio State has had Michigan's numbers for years, but I think Ohio, I think Michigan's real this year. I truly do. I mean, not a lot of people talk about it. The win, win yeah. at least playoff game. Right, exactly. But if if they do lose to Ohio State, they will, you know, they'll be where they are. Um, we'll see what, how it plays out with Tennessee and Georgia. But what if all those three teams end up with one losses, and you end what up with them? Right, you end up with a TCU at eight and zero, and an Oregon with a, a Oregon finishing with a one loss. You still got USC, but they would probably they would have a a, a Pac twelve championship, so that would work itself out actually. But you do have. You, I, I, I see a situation where there's going to be some real pissed off frogs. Are they horny frogs? Is that what they call the TCU horn frogs? Yep. Yeah. Not, not horny frogs. Not horny. They're basically the TCU horny frogs. <laughs> I, I just can't. <sighs> Anyways, I don't know. You're gonna have a you're gonna have a boiling over pond with uh, pissed off ducks and pissed off horny frogs. <laughs> that's from now on. That's their name, TCU Horny Frog. That's it. Yep, pretty much. Yep. <laughs> we have solved. We have solved the mystery, everyone. <laughs> but yes, TCU. Like I said, and the, the Oregon Ducks. I'm just not sure. I won't. Mm, I won't. I shan't. I can't. Um, we want to talk about them because the last time they were in there, they got demolished and dismantled. Yeah, but we had to look at Cincinnati get demolished and dismantled last year too. So I mean, yeah. yeah. So it won't. They won't vote well for them. That they got shellacked by Georgia. So I, I mean, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> I, I just won't. Like I said, we're still in week one. But okay. let, let's talk about the matchup that the world is waiting for, and that's Tennessee and Georgia. Number one, number versus number two. Mm-hmm. I am looking forward to this because of the fact that these are one of the two top teams in the country. And I will say, with Kirby Smart being the man that because that is Kirby Smart is building a dynasty in Georgia. Yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to be a very close game. I don't think it's going to be one of those, you know, 50 to 8, 50 to 55, or 50, 49 to 48, none of that. I'm looking at it's going to be a good defensive battle, but as you said again, if I was Kirby Smart, I definitely would run the ball. Yeah. I mean, I'll just put it like this. If it turns into a shootout, Tennessee's going to win that game. If it turns into a defensive battle, Georgia's going to win that game. And who do you think is going to win? Um, I think that Georgia will win because I think it's easier. And that's a very, I'm painting very, very loose with that term. But one of the fundamentals of, you know, football is run the ball. If Georgia is able to do that effectively against a unimpressive Tennessee defense, which they could, they control that line of scrimmage, excuse me, line of scrimmage, and keep Josh Heupel's high-powered offense off the field, 
that's the way to beat them. Yeah, I agree. I just like I said, I think that game is at three thirty. Um, but there's who's the quarterback for Tennessee? Oh, I can't think of some shit. Let me look. Hooker. Yes, that boy is nothing to be played with. I listen. I think he's. I mean, he's a Heisman favorite at this point. I, I, I don't. Yeah, I think. I mean, I think he's gonna win it. He's. 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 I, mean, I, I think at this point he's played himself into a top five draft pick. And he's earned it. He's really good. Like, mm-hmm. really and just good to show you guys how important this game is this weekend, the lowest ticket in the building right now in at, in Sanford Stadium is five hundred and sixty eight dollars. <throat> excuse me, with seats on the fifty yard line totaling about thirty two hundred dollars. And that this city, this city is about to be on fire this weekend. How far is it? How far is that stadium from you? Athens is about 50 minutes from Atlanta. Traffic is going to be a biatch. Oh, I mean, if anybody, I mean, anybody that's actually going to the game, they'll probably get there, like, starting Thursday afternoon, Friday. Um, I've been to, I've been to Sanford Stadium, and I will say they have a good time. They have a very good, Athens is a fun college town. It really is. Listen. I if because this pat this wasn't no weekend before yeah no last weekend I'm sorry, um, the traffic in Baton Rouge was ridiculous when LSU took on Ole Miss and then it was LSU's homecoming in Southern traffic to get I heard the ups of traffic to get out of Death Valley, that game was five hours. Wow, five <laughs> hours to get out the parking lot. We gonna have to talk. Listen. Well, I live here now. <laughs> right. <laughs> Bitch, as long as I'm living and breathing, I like I said, I love Death Valley more than I, you know, it's one of my favorite places to be. But let me tell you what I don't do. Bitch, I parked on the outskirts and walk. I walk to my car faster than I until no sis, I'm good. Um <clears throat> but I I I'm excited because once again, the SAC has always been the the upper echelon of football. We know that. Um, but Tennessee is finally, you know, Bob Heibold is finally getting that team on point and Kirby Smart is getting the recognition, but I will be sober and ready for the game at six o'clock. Don't get it twisted, people. I can't claim to be sober, but I'll be ready. She going to cuss if they lose. Oh, you have no idea. She going to cuss <laughs> if they lose. She cussed last week. Oh, like a sailor. <laughs> she told y'all she was she was good. She was nervous from the week before. So don't let the smooth taste fool you. That bitch is crazy. Um so unfortunately I do not have any more listener questions because that was you know, I don't know what was wrong with my phone and my internet today. I just couldn't pull it. But I do have a chocolate milk with soul. But before I do that, Penny, is your rant about who we discussed, you know, the crazy one? Uh, I, I would like to talk. I'm, we can talk a little basketball real quick. We got a little time. That's fine. Yeah, because um, I have to get. Well, let's 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 start with the next. We get it. We didn't get a chance to talk about the departure of Steve Nash. Yes, after a two and five start. Right, Brooklyn is like you know, like you know, their coach Steve Nash left, and I don't think that he's getting a fair shake out of it. Um, there's this stuff like, oh, he didn't do this and he didn't do that, et cetera. 
I think that he just got tired of babysitting. The, and, three, the three stooges. Right. And I think that it's time for people to realize to separate they need to, what I've done, I'll just put it like this, what I've done is I've separated the greatness of Kevin Durant as a good basketball player to the absolute petty, weird, vindictive, <sighs> juvenile child. child that he is. Um, <laughs> right. Like, like it's, it's time to just start to realize that. It's like, yes, he is a once-in-generation talent. He truly is. Like, I get that. Probably one of the greatest scorers to play the game. Absolutely. Um, but as a leader, can you build a team around him? Like, no. Like, he needed he needed the infrastructure and the strong organization at the Warriors to win his ranks. It's not going to happen at the Nets. And then, of course – we can talk about crazy ass Kyrie Irving, who is gone. Before you do that, though, let's let's just say the fact that the Nets have hired Ime Udoka as their next head coach. That was going to be my rant, but yes, oh, <laughs> I'll let you get on to that next. Okay, so <laughs> carry on. Moving on. No, no, you know, we can talk. We can talk about it now. It's fine. It's what. I, it's fine. I can find other shit to talk about. But like, no, like, it, but but like Kyrie, I'm just like I'm over it. I'm done. He's gone full on hotel. Does and I probably need to explain that for our non, you know, black listeners. A hotel is imagine the <coughs> black equivalent of a super mega QAnon Confederate flag carrying like incense oath keeper bearded, tattooed white guy. When I say a hotel, that's the black version of that. (laughs) (laughs) Like conspiracy theorists, weird out there ideas, completely detached from reality. Like, and he's gone on this whole anti-Semitic screed with Kanye West. And it's just like, I'm over it. I'm done. I've been over him for a long time. You can't trust him. You can you can't you cannot you cannot build a team around him. Like nobody wants him in their locker room. I I just I am done. I am done. So yeah, Ime Doku, like he's known as a disciplined guy. He is, you know, a louder voice, a, you know, more of a strong arm than Steve Nash is. So there is hope there. If you know that he could maybe bring some order to this team. But I think that experiment is over. I do think two things. The Kyrie Irving, I'm with you. It's like watching the reading rainbow of the nightmare edition. I I've had enough of the, I've had enough. It's, 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 it's like watching. Oh, I, and as I've watched his before his apology came out after he was suspended for five games <laughs> without a check. Yeah, I watched it and you looked at the ground the entire time, and I'm like, "Hmm." So you don't give a fuck, you don't. No, no. Somebody you made don't. you do this, and and that's after the world told you. Everybody thinks that all the black folks on TV think you should be suspended for the rest of the year. Um, 
but you don't think your your resolve to that today was, and this is what really upset me. He says, well, no one taught me about my history, so why should I have to learn about someone else's? I'm, I'm, I'm 30 years old. I'm a basketball player. I should learn, too. Okay, pause. Stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Who should... I, as Black folks, I... You know that we all we all heard the statement. Those that don't know your history are doomed to repeat it. So you mean to tell me you don't know that black folks were slaves? You you don't know none of that. In all of the shit that has been going on in the in the last fuck it ten years, I'm gonna just bring it current. The last ten years, all of a sudden you make this you post this thing because you you and your friends thought that was cute. And now you didn't got caught. And you're like, well, no one told me, and I, but no one said, no one said anything when I was learning about my race and who I am. Well, who in the fuck are you? Right, and you know what, and, cry, and like you know what, like let me pull out the smallest violin ever because we sit at the we sit at the intersectionality of being queer gay men and being black, and let's just start there. As queer people, who the fuck ever taught us about our history? Right. And is that an excuse? Like, no, you just, you said it yourself. I'm 30 years old. Go fucking find it for yourself. <laughs> Today, you post, you post this thing in an anti-Semitic, and you, now all of a sudden, you got caught, and the world thinks you are hanging you out to dry, and now all of a sudden, you upset. Fuck <laughs> you, man, huh? <laughs> Well, guess what? The world is mad, too, and they tired of you. Right. <laughs> they are tired of you. Uh, over it. No, the world is not flat. Like, no. <laughs> They've issued an, you've issued now a full apology. Well, guess what? Somebody told you to do that. Well, you know, the, the latest was he, he came out and said he's going to donate $500,000 to something. So what? So what? Oh, no, I don't care. He's clearly trying to, he's just doing, he's got a PR team that's trying to do damage control, but he's going to fuck it up. Like, because everybody was like, well, you know, he, you should have known when he didn't take the vaccine. Listen, do what you want to your body. That's not my concern. Once again, I, mm, now we're, but now we're doing, we're, we're making fuck up after fuck up and you expect folks to go, oh, you're a great basketball player. Well, let me be realistic, bro. You're becoming a C minus to me as far as basketball is concerned. Cause you ain't doing a fucking lot on that either. Mm. <clears throat> the last game you scored four points in 12 minutes. Mm-hmm. I, mm, I'm just saying. Yeah, they're a mess. They're a mess. So with that being said, and as far as he made Doka's concerned, as I said again, it, it it was bound to happen. You know, he was yeah. only suspended from the Boston Celtics. And I mean, you know what? And to be honest with you, like, yeah, he may be a shit person, but he didn't do anything illegal. He's just an asshole. Right. And it so was consensual. Right. That's fine. Like, I don't like I, that's I fine. Hate to put it this yeah. way. I hate to put it this way, people, but he was fucking with permission. Yeah. Like, it's fine. It's fine. He's a he's an awful human being. But, you know, it, he didn't do anything illegal. So it's cool. I'm not going to I don't have any problem with that. Um, oh. Really quickly, though. Hey, Lakers, I told you so. <laughs> now, you know what, though? I have to I have to do this. I have to give credit to Russell Westbrook Mm -hmm. because he has actually embraced his role of coming off the bench and it's scoring a lot more. Well, that's because he, you know, he's, that's what he is now. He comes off the bench. He, he brings a spark. 
and and you know he he makes things happen specifically in the third quarter, and then when the fourth quarter comes around, they sit his black ass down. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, and that seems to be working. They still need shooters, and they're playing LeBron James way too many minutes every night. This man's playing forty minutes a night. Don't you know you in your forties? <laughs> like so it's still not sustainable like i still think at best you know they you know they may be a six seven seed playing game whatever the case may be but at the very least this is a step forward now if they still got if they still have any takers to get rid of his ass they definitely should do that because they desperately need shooters um but that being said, you know, I think it's too little too late for the Lakers. I'm, you know, I'm not even worried about it. Like, it's... I'm not. I just wanted to say I told you so. <laughs> I did. I, I literally didn't care about nothing else, but I just wanted to say I told you so. Um, Fair enough. I, I just did. I really, really did. Um, Our chocolate milk was so question, Kenny, is for a future, a request for a future episode, and it's kind of interesting. Okay. Um. It is an episode dedicated to Thanksgiving is coming up, and there's a reason why I pulled it. Mm-hmm. Um, and they would like an episode, or and the person that did it is actually named Charles. Charles is from actually uh, San Diego, California, and Charles okay. is requesting an episode of ten minutes of what we are thankful for, and have our fans send in small verbiages and read them online of what they're thankful for. I would adore that. So it's not actually a question. It's just a request. No, um, I am so down for that. So Thanksgiving is coming up in a couple of weeks. And we, of course, we are thankful for you guys. We say it to you guys each and every week. Um, and so Charles has a request and that we would all like to hear from you guys. Um, and we're going to pick 10 to 20 and read them. And just tell us what you're thankful for. All right, so let's go ahead. Let's plan to do. All right, so are you going out of town for Thanksgiving? No, ma'am. No, ma'am. I'm going right to my house. <laughs> right all to right. my house. So Thanksgiving is on a Thursday, the twenty fourth. So right. we want to do the week before. We want to do it that Wednesday. We can do it on the twenty third, but like, can you commit to that? Because I know your yeah, family. Yeah, I'll be at home. I'm on vacation that whole week, so yeah. Okay. All right. Well, let's look to do that on on November twenty third. So. Because I pull questions on the 22nd. So let's, what I'll do is, as I said again, please send them what you're thankful for. Um, we would love to hear from them what family, what life has maybe taken you through to make you thankful. Um, and Kenny and I will, I will disperse them between me and Kenny, and each of us will take turns reading them. Um, it is a great request. It is something that we have not done before, but hell, it is a great request on, on what we think, as you just heard Kenny said. Um, to hear what our listeners are thankful for this time of year. Um, and also, you know, like, and, you know, and like, you know, it like also, you know, have fun with it too. Like, yeah. we can't, we can't be in tears for the whole 10 minutes. No, we like, can't. Yeah. I <laughs> if someone told you that if you, if someone told you you still got it, honey, tell them you're thankful for that. Cause you didn't think you did. Listen, we want to hear it. Um, so yeah. Do that, and and I think that's an awesome request, Charles. We appreciate it. Um, yeah, absolutely. Like I said, it's not so much a question; it's a request. Um, be that it is Thanksgiving, so we appreciate that, and we look forward to hearing from you guys. Um, I think collectively, I would pick about twenty because it doesn't take long to read what we're thankful for. Um, so we'll split. Let's do twenty, 
And what I'll do is I'll do 10 and Kenny will do 10 and we'll read them off. And we'll make that the end of our segment of the show. And then we'll go from there. I th- yeah, I think we start off with that. Yeah, let's start off with that because it is it will be fake and I'll probably be drunk at that point somewhere. So um, yeah, cool. yeah, so it'll be fun to read them drunk. <clears throat> so definitely. Um, but I think we talked about Kenny's rant. I know he talked about email dog, but he said he'd find something else to talk about. That's not very oh. hard for her to do. <laughs> Shocking one. So let's see what she has. It's always my favorite segment of the night, though. Ladies and gentlemen, boys, gays, and all things in between. It is time for Kenny's rant. Um, so I feel a little bit on the spot because we kind of are like, to- oh, I got one. Here we go. So he told you. <laughs> uh, FIFA. Please, please, please take this full-throated from my soul. From my ancestors, fuck you. Oh no. I, am, I am not watching this. Uh, I'm not watching this World Cup. I'm not. I'm just. I'm just not. Like I gave y'all a pass, and you know, and compromised my dignity and sense of respect to watch the one in Russia. You know, in 2018. I know Qatar but, hates the homos. I can tell you that. They hate the homos. They hate women. What they're doing to these migrant workers. I was listening to a podcast today and they were going into more detail about it. And it's just horrific. The conditions that these migrant workers are doing. I mean, first of all, they're reporting that around 3,600 uh, 3, migrant workers died building the infrastructure for this thing. They had to move it to November and uproot the entire world's you know, uh, you know, the soccer and football schedules of every league because, of course, it's 120 fucking degrees in summertime in Qatar. Um, and on top of that, every 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 waiter, every bellhop, every you know, like driver, and uh, there are migrant workers that went that have got recruited to go to that country. They take their passports. They control everything about them. They arbitrarily charge them because they have them living in squalor group homes and whatnot. And it's just a horrible, horrible situation. And yet, because it's the most popular game and one of the best, you know, the, the most popular sports spectacles in the world, people are still going to watch. And I'm listening to this podcast and they're doing all this lamenting about it and all that. And in the end, they're like, I'm still going to watch. Well, I'm not. I'm not like, I'm just not like I'm over it. Cause where's, what's going to happen next? Like, I don't even know where the next one's supposed to be, but I mean, fucking Russia and then Qatar. So I guess Saudi Arabia will probably be coming up at some point. Um, hell, like, like it's, I, I don't I, I just, <laughs> FIFA and soccer are inextricably tied to, world politics because of the international nature of the game and its extreme popularity and that it's you know it's tied to national identity and culture when a national team steps foot on a soccer field during the world cup they're bringing their, their their culture their history their people all these things with them step on the field at the same time but the problem is is that there it's just become so corrupt and so incredibly 
just brazenly corrupt because they know they can do these things and people will bitch and complain and protest, but they're still going to watch and they're still going to go. And it's so they're still going to make all this money. They give these dictators and these regimes that rebel in human rights atrocities a way to kind of the new term is sports wash these things. So they'll present this grand spectacle and this thing that made their country look beautiful and all this stuff. And it's all a farce. And I'm just over it. I'm not watching it. I refuse. I'm not. Somebody asked me, oh, you know, the USA qualify. I'm going to go fuck. I'm not watching it. Well, I had no intentions on watching it anyway because it, it, we don't ever do well in it. So um, I usually watch this because I enjoy the, I mean, I enjoy the pageantry and I'm letting you know, the passion that goes around it. Like I said, I watched Russia, even though I had to do a hold on my nose. But this time around, like Qatar is so incredibly like corrupt because it just, it's just no rhyme or reason why that country is hosting this. Politics, you said it earlier. No, corruption. Period. Yeah, that part too. That part corruption. too. Just absolute corruption. Abject, just disgusting corruption. And they do they do not care. And I just I just I, I just I just won't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, children, with that being said, um, really quickly before we sign off, um, by the time we get back, we will have done one thing, and I hope that everyone takes a moment out and go does it. Um, and that's go push a button and vote. I don't give a damn oh, what you do. Um, like I said, we aim not to make this show political, but November 8th is November 8th. Um, I'm sorry. I- I'm sorry. I just have to interject a little bit there. And yes, normally I would say that, but the odds could be any higher. If you in Georgia, absolutely. If you in Georgia and you vote for, you vote for Hersha, Hersha Walker, feel free not to listen to us anymore. Yeah, my ass. Feel free. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I, I really mean that. Like, if you live in Georgia and you vote for Herschel Walker, you could be mad at me and you can at me at, at Instagram. That's fine. Like, yep. you make me at it back. Look, look, I'm willing to sit down and discuss. <laughs> like, I ain't going to sit down and discuss. Like, you ain't going to like me after that and I won't like you. But yeah, I'm Herschel Walker. Now. <laughs> <laughs> if you vote for Herschel Walker, you live in Georgia, don't feel free not to listen to us anymore. Absolutely. So it is a more it couldn't be more of a crucial time. From my understanding, several states have introduced some form of slavery, which is stupid. Um, but get your ass out there and do the right thing. Um, women, I know you will because, you know, it, I hate to put it this way, but your body is on the line. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> Georgia, you know what you got to do. Um, Louisiana, we know what we got to do, especially for one reason. Um, but Rule number one of always, huh? Arizona, if we have listeners in Arizona, please, y'all, please get out there and make sure everybody that you know, everybody like is, 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 that is in your life, please. Myself, please, please. My job gave us the day off, so I will be a volunteer worker in my neighborhood just because it's, it's important. It, it's important. Michigan, Wisconsin, if you hear the sound of my voice, please get out there and vote. Go do, take your time on Tuesday and vote. You cannot bitch if you do not push a button. Um, And we've learned that the hard way. And like I said, this could not be at a more crucial time of, and people forget, and like I said, I will end this, but people forget it. Granted, you're you're not voting for the politician, you're voting for you. Um, I feel like like that was too mean, my little comment about like you know not listening to those if you vote for Herschel Walker but I really I, I like I 
I really don't know. I really don't know how my mental health will be affected if I have to say Senator Herschel Walker. And I mean that sincerely. And that's a vulnerable. With every with I, every stop of the word. That's um, a vulnerable. I don't really don't know how, how I will sincerely react to that. Like I would have to take exactly. that. So please take the time out and do that. Um, and on that note, we have come to an, another end of another fabulous episode. And uh, according to my sister, uh, <clears throat> a very drunk one. Um, I did pretty good. I'm, I'm only looking at. I'm proud of her. I'm um, looking, only looking at four empty cans. So, of who that rises up, sports talk for the gay <laughs> twist. Of course, as always, next week would be more in time because things are changing. I'll tell you guys that about that next week. Um, but you would know where to find us on Instagram, of course, on who underscore that rises up, and of course, Facebook, Ken and Glenn of who that rises up. Uh, Charles, thank you for your chocolate milk with soul question. It is well needed, and it will happen. Um, I will tap, tally all, all questions, especially the thankful ones. Make sure that's for the November 23rd episode. Um, and of course, you always know where to find us. Um, on behalf of my sister and myself, my name is Glenn Reeves. And of course, my sister, good Kenny Ray over there. And as I always tell you, each and every episode, sports is for everyone, including you. Good night, everybody. And look out for them stories as we begin because they should be fun. Oh, yeah. Oh, shut up. <laughs> Good night, y'all. Good night, y'all. <laughs>